Hey, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Chavvav in Sukkah. Again, we learned for four Shlomo for Yosef Asriel Ben Chaim Michal. Tanarabana, we're about the eighth, ninth line down on the page. We left off right after the word to Osik Mitzvah Potter Mena Mitzvah. We said that was the that was the main issue of yesterday's daf, and then we had a dissenting opinion of the uh, Brisa that said that he doesn't hold of, like Rashi said, that these Tanarim in that last Brisa don't hold of Osik Mitzvah Potter Mena Mitzvah. People who travel during the day. Some of Farshim say this is only referring to if you have to travel, like for business. Others, uh, uh, Rabbi Yoshev had Paskin, that it makes a difference. Even if you're going on a Tiul and you're, a, you're in a place where there's no sukkah, uh, you're potter from a sukkah. So, since they're traveling, it's impossible <coughs> for them to have a sukkah. They're potter during the day, but at night when they rest, uh, they're at a lodging, they should make a sukkah there because <clears throat> they're not preoccupied with anything else. If they travel at night, they don't have to have the sukkah at night when they eat or when they sleep because they're traveling. But during the day, when they're not traveling, they're chayiv to make a sukkah and sit in the sukkah, eat, as we had before, eat, drink, and sleep in the sukkah. <laughs> basically live in the sukkah. Uh, let's say a traveling day and night, and because travelers are, are, are uh, putter, are, uh, are, um, they are not obliged to, they're exempt from, uh, from the mitzvah of sukkah, because just like, again, all the basic idea of sukkah is, uh, you have to live in the sukkah the way you normally, when you, if you're normally, the way you normally live in a house. Well, when you're normally traveling, you don't have a, you don't uh, you don't expect it to um, uh, sleep in indoors if you're traveling outdoors and there's no lodging. So uh, obviously here too, the same thing would apply. So if you're traveling day and night, you're putter from a sukkah. bar mitzvah. Let's say you're on your way to do a mitzvah. You're you're on a on a uh, <clears throat> on a holy mission. Then p'tur maybe yomelayli. You're putter even at night. Even at night, your potter, Rashi learns, because you're preoccupied with the mitzvah. In other words, that um, uh, Rashi says, even though they're only traveling during the day, because they're preoccupied, they're worried about the mitzvah and doing it properly, their potter, they're exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah. Other Mepharshim say, if they're able to get a better night's sleep, they'll be able to do more mitzvahs during the day. In other words, let's say a person is... Uh, I don't know, let's say he's collecting for a yeshiva or for some uh, uh, worthy institution, and if he gets a good night's sleep, he'll be able to visit more prospective uh, donors the next day. That's also part of it. So it's not just that he's, Rashi learns it's because he's preoccupied with the mitzvah even when he's late, even at night. Or it could be, like you say, because the Mephoshim say, because he's going to be uh, more uh, able, if he gets a good night's rest, he'll be able to do more mitzvahs the next day. These two rabbis, it was customary that all the rabbis in Babel would visit the Exilarch on the Shabbos of Yontif. So when it came to the Shabbos of Sukkis, he slept, they would sleep, these two rabbis would sleep near the, uh, like on the riverbank of Surah without making provisions to sleep in a sukkah, Amri Anan Anan We were Shlucha Mitzvah. In other words, they'd be able to get up early and go learn Torah or go uh, visit the Reish Kalusa, do this mitzvah, and therefore they're potter from the mitzvah of sukkah. Again, the concept is, is that 
osik mitzvah, potamena mitzvah. That's what the Mishnah said that uh, people who are shluchei mitzvah that means that they're osik in a mitzvah. They're on their, they're on a mission of a mitzvah. They're potter from the mitzvah of sukkah because osik mitzvah potamena sukkah. Tanurabanan. By the way, there are more paskins that if you're able to do both mitzvahs, then you should. Even though we say, oh, so you, don't, you, know, so you don't look for the heter, but if you're osik in the mitzvah, and this is preventing you from having the right kavana or being able to fulfill the other mitzvah properly, then you should, um, you should choose the mitzvah that you're doing, the mitzvah that you're osik in now, that exempts you from the other one. Again, people who are uh, city guards during the day, they are exempt at night. Uh, they're exempt during the day, and, but they're chayiv at night because at night they're not preoccupied. They're not like being osik in a mitzvah. That's their job. They're city guards during the day. So at night they have chayiv to do the mitzvah of sukkah. But during the day when they're, on the, uh, when they're working and they can't do the mitzvah of sukkah, then they don't have to. Shomri ha'ir, belayla. What about the night guards of the city? Let's say they are work day and night. Let's say that's their mission. They work day and night. They take very few breaks. They're potter at all times. Again, because that's like they're on the road. They're busy, even if they're not being osik in a mitzvah. But that's their job. Their job is that way. And some say, like we said, even if a person's on vacation, if he has no opportunity to have a, a, a sukkah, then, then uh, he's, he's exempt. Let's say the guards of uh, gardens and orchards. And the idea there is, is because they're out in the field. They're in, they're in the gardens, they're in the orchards, they're part of So the Gemara says, why don't they make a sukkah there? They have the sukkah, why don't they make a sukkah there and sit in the sukkah there? If they're out in the field all the time, so make the sukkah there. It's only if you could, you know, make the sukkah the way you live in your home with all your furniture, your bedding, etc., your chairs, your tables, out in the field, it would be impossible to schlep the stuff all the way out in the middle of the orchard, middle of the field, and therefore, they're exempt. Rav Amar, parts of Karoliganov, it's a saying like, the breach in the field uh, calls to the, you know, invites the Ganov to come in, meaning, if the Ganov sees that the watchman is in a sukkah at night, he's going to sleep, so he'll come in on the other side and uh, steal. In other words, the purpose of the guard is to be out in the field all the time. Once the, the Ganav sees that he's indoors, that he's in a sukkah, and he can't see the Ganavim, they'll come. So therefore, again, he can't do his job properly if he's in a sukkah. Might be not a difference he can be now to come into a car. Let's say he's just watching a pile of fruit so that he could do even in the sukkah. He could just keep his eyes on it. He could look out, out the uh, door and, and see it. But if he's got to watch a field in all directions then it's impossible for him to do his job while being in a sukkah. So he said in the Mishnah, people who are sick and those who attend on them, doctors, nurses, whatever, orderlies who have to take care of them, their attendants, they are all potter from the sukkah, okay, because again, it's teshvu kain taduru. If you would be sick, you wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to be in a situation without, uh, where, where, you, where you didn't have everything available to you. So the same thing in the sukkah, uh, they're potter. It's sort of like mitzvah in a sukkah, but we'll see. There's more to it over here. Even if he's not a sakana, it's not that his life is in danger. Even if he's not, uh, he's not in mortal danger. If he's got an eye infection or a he's got a headache. Even in case like that, he's potter from the sukkah because again, it's, the concept is teishvu kein taduru. If you wouldn't want to. Um, 
uh, be in a situation like that at home, you certainly are not going to want to be like that in, in a sukkah where his, we won't be able to be attended to properly. Once I had an eye infection, Bekisri in Kesaria, the Hitra Rabbi Baribi, Rabbi the great rabbi, allowed me, Lishan Ani, Umashamshi, not only I was able to sleep, but also my orderlies, my attendants, Chutzla Just a story uh, confirming that Allah. Rav Shara Le Rabacha Bardala. Rav permitted Ravacha Bardala, Lemigdim Bechilsa Basuk. He was allowed to sleep like in a canopy in the sukkah, meaning something that's not was ten fachim high rash, he says, so therefore it was basically forbidden. It's got a it's got a roof, it's got a let's say a roof of a tefach as we had before, and it's ten fachim high. So it's like it's like it's like a sukkah within a sukkah, or it's like as if he's outside of the sukkah. But he allowed him to Mishum Baki because of the gnats. In other words, he it would have been very uh, troublesome to stay in the sukkah that way. In other words, it's like, you know, these places where they have mosquitoes and stuff, like sleeping in a net of some sort. Even if it's not a proper sukkah, he allowed him because mitzdar potem in a sukkah. Rav HaShor Rav Barada bar He allowed Rav Acho Barada to sleep outside the sukkah. Mishum sircha degargishta because of the odor of the dirt. In that area, the, the dirt had a Rashtas, it's Karkalavona, that they used to use for the, was for the flooring of the sukkah. And Rav Acho Barada was very sensitive to that smell. Unfortunately, say that if if it was a terrible smell, the sukkah would have been prohibited for everybody because it wouldn't be a proper sukkah. If it's a sukkah that people are going to run out of and it's not going to be comfortable, it's not going to be kentadur, and certainly it's not kentadur. You don't live in a house that way with a smell like that. But apparently, Ravachov Barada was more sensitive, and because he was very sensitive to it, uh, we say, as, as, as Rav was maturim, the Gemara goes on, Rav Tamei, Rav, according to his reasoning, Dalma Rav, mitztar, Not only Rav said that, yesterday we had an Amit Beis, uh, Rav Ava Barzavda said the same halacha, right? Yesterday we had, um, oh, uh, but of course, on the Bach changes the Girsa on yesterday's Gemara, and he also says that it's Rava. If you look smack in the middle of yesterday's Dafan Amit Beis, we said, Hova Amra Barzavda, Amra Rav, mitztar, but the Bach puts it now the same because here the Gemara quotes that it was Rava who was the author of that Memra that Mitzdar is Potter Menasukkah. Okay, so he holds that, and again, if, if you are uh, suffering, uh, personal suffering, not everybody else may not suffer. Maybe it's the heat, maybe it's the cold, maybe it's gnats, maybe it's mosquitoes, whatever it is, but it's something that's very subjective. So if you are if you are a suffering, you're a patron of sukkah. Ayva Nantanan, we learn cholon umishem shem, patron of sukkah, cholon ein mitzdair lo. We said sick people are patron from the sukkah. Didn't mention anything about, Misha said cholon, Misha didn't say mitzdair. Rava added on mitzdair. Where did he get that? Misha seems to indicate only a person who's sick, not a person who's simply personally suffering. Her, that's not the same thing. So, uh, so that, that's what the Gemara says. Well, only only sick people should be exempt, not um, not others, not not people who simply are personally suffering. So the Gemara says no. Um, when the Mishnah says that sick people are potter, it means to indicate not only them but the people who attend to them, because the sick person needs the nurse or, or the orderly to take care of him. Mitzdayer, who potter misham shavlo. But a mitzdayer, 
he's potter from the sukkah, just you get out of the sukkah. It's not, in other words, he's not sick, he doesn't need somebody to attend to him, but if somebody is attending to him, they're not potter from the sukkah because he can simply resolve the situation by leaving the sukkah. Whereas a sick person, uh, he needs his orderlies, he needs his attendants to take care of him wherever he is, so they're also potter from the sukkah. You could say that they're osik in a mitzvah in a way, right? Osik mitzvah also potter in a mitzvah. Ochan Achilles Roychus is like so. The second part of the mission said, now that we talk about the third part, rather, we said the first part was Shluchim Mitzvah Ptumra Sukkah, that's Osig Mitzvah Patumra Sukkah. Then we talked about the sick people who are Patumra Sukkah because it's, it's Teshvu Kain Taduru. That's really the, the idea over here, right? Uh, and it's any kind of a sick person. He, it, uh, a sick person would be more Mitzdair in the Sukkah than outside of the Sukkah, obviously. If it wouldn't affect him, if he's happy to be out in the Sukkah, he likes the uh, fresh air, certainly that wouldn't be a problem. He's puttered. Puttered doesn't mean that, in this case, that, um, that, he, he, that he's, it's forbidden for him to be in the Sukkah, but clearly it's, we're talking about a case where it would be, he would suffer more in the Sukkah, and therefore him and his attendants are allowed outside of the Sukkah, or allowed to uh, eat, sleep, and eat, sleep, and drink outside of the Sukkah. So he said he can eat a a casual meal, but you can't have a permanent, a regular meal you can't eat, but a, but a, a casual meal you can. So what's the definition of a casual meal? What is considered a casual meal? Two or three eggs. It's interesting, Rashi, I don't know if it's just omitted, Rashi doesn't seem to have the word bay there, eggs, but the other Mephoshim do, and the Gemara seems to indicate that. Maybe it's just a misprint in Rashi, but the way Rashi explains it, is that Hashem Shoshapamim eaten Latoch Piv? Rashi seems to indicate, it looks to me that he didn't have the Gears of Bay. But in any case, our Gears is Tartu Tlos Bay. He could eat two or three eggs. Some, many often, oftentimes, Zimn Sagin, oftentimes, Sagile Rishbachi. That's a meal. Have two or three eggs. <laughs> if you have them with the uh, yolks, people would say that's too much to eat, right? That's a, that's a, that's a big meal. For me, it's not. I, I eat plenty of eggs, but for, for most people, that could be a meal. That, oftentimes, that's considered a meal. I, I, why would you call that a casual meal? Right, so that's enough for them. That's like a full meal for them, a regular meal. Like the students in the yeshiva taste something. In other words, they take a mouthful, Rashi says. And sometimes they go into a shear. They don't know how long the shear is going to last. So uh, in the morning when they go into the shir to the base minister, they're worried maybe it's going to be, take a long time. They don't know when lunch is going to be served. So they fill their mouth. They're, it's a mouthful. We'll see that's like one bait, one beitza. Okay, so it's not uh, two or three eggs, but it's, it's, one, it's one, one egg. Okay, that's what he says. One egg is like considered um, a, 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 a chilas aroi that you're allowed to eat even the chilas outside the sukkah. You're allowed to eat that much outside the sukkah. Tonerobonim. The Bryce also says you're allowed to eat a temporary or a casual meal, not a full meal outside the sukkah. Uh, call it a snack. That's a better word. You know, casual, you know, temporary doesn't sound, it's not the right word. In English, I think snack is better. You can have a snack. But you shouldn't sleep at all outside the sukkah. Even a, a cat nap, let's call it, right? Even a cat nap. My timer. Amravashi. Maybe you'll fall asleep and you sleep. In other words, it's mashma from here. You could take a, a cat nap, you know, a, just to doze off is okay. But uh, the concern is maybe you'll fall asleep. Interesting, he says here, if you look at the, uh, uh, the little asterisk with the parentheses, he says, this Ravashi uh, must have been an earlier Ravashi. He says, how, how could it be that uh, Shabaye answered him? 
doesn't make sense because Abaya died before Rava. And Ravashi, we know throughout the Gemara, was born when Rava died. So the normal Ravashi that we talk about in the Gemara was, much, was a much later Amora. And here we see that Abaya is answering him, so it must be an earlier Ravashi. In any case, Ravashi said, because the Xeris maybe he's going to fall asleep. Amalei Abaya, you're allowed to sleep, a cat, you're allowed to take a cat nap when you're tefillin. By tefillin, the concern is that you might pass gas. So you should, uh, that's why you take off your tefillin when you go to the, uh, when you go to the toilet, but you don't have to take off your tzitzis because it's not a davar shabikdusha. It's a davar mitzvah, but it's not a davar shabikdusha. But tefillin, you got to be careful. You're not supposed to pass gas with tefillin. It's not covered. Avaloshin is kevav. You see, we over there, you're allowed to take a cat nap, but you shouldn't sleep by Full, regular sleep because he might pass gas. Why aren't you concerned? Over here, by your, uh, uh, Ravashi said, What's the reason why you're allowed to take a cat nap outside the sukkah, but you're not allowed to sleep a permanent uh, uh, sleep because a cat nap is not considered sleep? Yeah, but, but um, uh, you're allowed to eat, in the, uh, you're allowed to have a, a small meal or a snack outside the sukkah, but you shouldn't sleep. He said, You shouldn't sleep rather even a catnap outside the sukkah. Why? Because you're afraid you'll fall asleep. So why by tefillin aren't you worried about that? By tefillin you say you're allowed to take a catnap and you're not worried that maybe you'll fall asleep and pass gas. The assumption is that on a catnap you won't pass gas. You're just dozing off. Okay. So by tefillin, he says, you know what the reason is? That tefillin, you're right, you also should be worried that maybe you'll fall asleep and pass gas. But the uh, by tefillin, we're talking about where you told somebody to make sure you don't fall asleep. You told your friend, right? Uh, wake me up if I fall asleep. If you see me really snoring, wake me up. So then he needs somebody to wake him up. In other words, you were, what's the, if you don't have an alarm clock, uh, so you're telling you, you're not worried about it because maybe... Yeah, you watch by tefillin, we're, we're saying the same idea. You really shouldn't fall, take into Kadem because you, lest you fall asleep. And that's the reason why you shouldn't sleep in the sukkah, even, outside the sukkah, even a catnap, because maybe you'll fall asleep. So why by tefillin aren't you worried about it? Oh, by tefillin, we're talking about where you told somebody to keep an eye on you. Well, who's going to keep an eye on him? That's the concern. So the Mepharshmi here say that, um, uh, you know, why, why are you worried that the Shomer's going to sleep, you know, and it's, it's why are you always worried that the other guy's going to fall asleep, you're going to fall asleep. Oh, you, you, you're not allowed to sit outside the sukkah at all, because uh, you shouldn't even sit there for a second. Maybe you'll fall asleep. Why aren't you concerned that we're not talking about a guy, the other guy didn't go to sleep. And so it's Mashmo over here that he's speaking about, it's only also when he actually went to sleep. Because you're not talking about where you take it just a, where you're just uh, sitting around. You're sitting around, if you're worried about that, then maybe you'll fall asleep. You should never leave the sukkah. Maybe you'll fall asleep. The answer is, is that, right? The answer is we're talking about where you went to sleep. He said, I'm only taking a cat nap. So he said, uh, again, but you're taking a cat nap and you told the other guy to wake you up in case you fall asleep. So why aren't you worried about him? You know, that's not a good answer to make the difference between tefillin and sukkah because we're saying basically the same idea. You shouldn't sleep outside the sukkah at all lest you fall asleep. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go to sleep with tefillin. You shouldn't take a cat nap unless you fall asleep unless you had a friend there. Not a good answer. By the tefillin, the reason we say you're allowed to take a cat nap is because we're speaking about where you put your head down between your knees. And as you're in the yeshiva, whatever, you're in base medrash, in the, in the shul, you got your tefillin on, and you just put your head down like this between your knees, so, or you rest it on the shtender, so the, uh, the, there you won't fall asleep. That's not, that, there is not a concern. But by the sukkah, if you take a nap, you lay down in a bed inside your house, outside of the sukkah, we're afraid you'll fall asleep. 
That's one good answer. Rubber says a real a real difference that we're talking about between tefillin and sukkah. Rav Amar, ain't kevel There is no set amount of sleep. In other words, we don't know when a person lays down what's a cat of what defines a catnap versus a real sleep, right? The concern is not that maybe you'll fall asleep. The concern is not, not that you shouldn't take a catnap lest you fall asleep, but rather sleep is sleep. By sukkah, you're not supposed to sleep outside the sukkah. You're supposed to sleep in the sukkah, whether it's a cat nap or a long nap. So we say over here uh, that um, eating, fine. You can eat a, 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 a snack outside. is not considered a meal. But when it comes to uh, sleeping, you're not supposed to sleep at all outside the sukkah. Makes sense if it's short, long, cat nap, long. It's all the same thing. The reason, so, so by sukkah, the reason you're not supposed to sleep at all. By tefillin, it's not an issue of sleep or not sleep. By tefillin, the issue is don't pass gas. So it's understood that if you take a catnap, you're leaning on the stender, you're not going to pass gas. You're only going to pass gas when you really fall asleep and you start snoring. So there's a basic difference over here. The issue is by sukkah, the issue is you're not supposed to sleep outside the sukkah, any kind of sleep. By tefillin, it has nothing to do with sleep. It has to do with passing gas, and that's the issue. So it gives a better, a real, a real good Sephardic answer. Tanichana, one bright, so we learn four lines from the bottom of the page if you lost a spot. Tanichana, Yashan, Adam, Betfilin, Shasaroi. One bright said you can sleep with your Tfilin a catnap. Avaloshin is Keva, but not a regular sleep. Betanya, Idach, Bain, Keva, Bain, Eroi. Another bright said you can sleep either way. You could sleep with Tfilin, you could sleep either way, either a catnap or a regular sleep. This is difficult, obviously, we need an explanation. Betanya, a third bright says low Keva, below Eroi. You shouldn't sleep at all, even a cat nap. So this is a bill for. Now here we're talking about filling. By sukkah, we've established, according to Rava's good answer, that you shouldn't sleep at all outside the sukkah. Even Rabbi Hanna says that uh, you shouldn't sleep at all, lest you fall asleep. And by filling, it's because you know you won't fall asleep. We're not talking about laying down. We're talking about just putting your head down. Fine. But over here, by filling, one Bryce says you could you could take a cat nap, but you can't go to sleep. One Bryce says you could take a cat nap, or you could fall asleep. One Bryce says you shouldn't do either one. When we say over here you shouldn't sleep at all, even a catnap, speaking about when the tefillin are in your hand and you're afraid if you even doze off, they might fall out of your hand on the floor. That's what we're talking about there. If they're on your head in the normal way, so you could take a catnap, like we said, and don't fall asleep lest you pass gas. And one, the third case, where, where the, the, um, which one, the second case where we said, you could sleep temporarily or permanently with your sukkah. Let's take a, a long, a long, a regular sleep or a cat nap. They're speaking about where you're not wearing them at all. They're under your pillow. You put a you put a uh, you put a cloth there next to your head, and you're laying down, and you're putting them you know nearby. You're not sleeping underneath them actually, but on the side of your head, like the Gemara had said before. They're on the side of your head. They're covered up. That's okay. You could then you, then you could sleep shina saroy or shina skeva. Kama roy. How much is a cat nap? What's the definition of that? Enough time, just the time that it takes to walk 100 amas, no more. Now this brysa is going to bring another proof that a catnap is like a time that takes to walk 100 amas. It's a short, very short time. If you fell asleep in your tefillin, you wake up and you realize that you've had a seminal emission, that you've had a, you're a balkari. So what should you do? Your tummy now but it's also not proper, you know, you're a tefillin on your head. You shouldn't hold on to the batim, to the tefillin themselves. Take it, take it off, take off the tefillin with, by taking the straps. 
which have less kedusha, obviously, than the batim that have the parshios in them. So he says, "Vrokeri oches beritzua, the ein oches b'tzitza." But don't hold the boxes, the the capsules of the tefillin. Don't hold them directly because you're tummy now because you've had semen come out of you. Divir Rabbi Yaakov. That's what Rabbi Yaakov says. But the problem here is that. So what's 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 the next? What is that? What, how's the Tanya on the The Chachamim Omrim. The Chum say you shouldn't sleep at all if you're tefillin. Just take a cat nap. You could sleep a t- cat nap, but not a regular sleep. How much is that? That's why this. That's what the Tanya Namihachi, where Bryce over here says that what the Rabbanan say you can only take a cat nap, but not a regular sleep. How much is that? It's a hundred amas, and then enough time to walk on hundred amas. But what's the what's the machlokas here in this brisa? We brought down the brisa because the second part where the chum say only a catnap and how much is a catnap? A hundred amas. But what about the uh, machlokas here? It says tanya melcha yashem b'tfilim roa keri ochas berot suo ve'ein ochas b'tfilim. So what's the machlokas between Yaakov and the chachamim? Rabbi Yaakov is talking about if you find semen, take you grab your tefillin off. The chachamim say. You should only sleep It's mashma that according to Rabbi Yaakov, you could take a regular sleep. If you sleep regularly and you find semen, this is what you should do. It's mashma according to Rabbi Yaakov that you could sleep. That's what Tosas asked. It's mashma from Yaakov that you can go a regular sleep. So Tosas looks for a different answer, and we'll see that answer as we explain another case, another case coming up here. Amar You shouldn't sleep because of Bittal Torah. You shouldn't sleep during the day, more than, uh, more than a horse sleeps. Horses don't sleep much. They take 60 breaths. That's it. In other words, during the day, you should be Osik in Torah, and you shouldn't, take an, you shouldn't sleep during the day. Amr Damar, whose Rebbe was Rabbah, the famous Rabbah Bar Nachmani, who taught both, both Abaya and Rabbah. Amr Damar, how much does my Rebbe sleep? In other words, when he sleeps during the day, or maybe he meant even how much he sleeps, period. Kid a rab, a rab, like he learned. In other words, my Rebbe, Rabbi Barnachmani, learned from Rav, who he was a student of. Udarav kid a Rebbe, and Rebbe brought, was brought up by Rebbe. That's Rabbi Yudah Nasi. Udarebbe kid a Rebbe had a tradition that he learned from David Amelach. The David kid a susi was like that of a horse. Or a susi, how much is a horse? She's in the Shami, sixty breaths. Here it's, it didn't say really. Uh, he didn't really say that. Um, He's not talking about the sleep during the day. It's mash, but that's all he slept. In other words, maybe at one time, like we say, like the uh, the 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 uh, the, the, the goan never slept more than two hours and twenty four hours, and he, and he only slept a half an hour at a time. So maybe this is also he's referring to they never slept more than that. We're talking about uh, Rob said you shouldn't sleep during the day more than a shunisus. That's what Rob said that you shouldn't sleep during the day. But he himself maybe never slept even at night more than that. Not clear. So Abaya, seeing his Rebbe, right, uh, um, Rav said uh, he shouldn't sleep more than six in a day. Abaya said his Rebbe never slept more than Shinasus, but Abaya himself did sleep more than that. He slept the amount of time that it takes to go from Pumpadis to Bekubi. And how much is that? Rashi says that that was like six parasangs. It was much more than 60 breaths, right? It was a, it was a distance. It took some, uh, some amount of time, uh, an hour or two, to walk that. So he did sleep that. Karyal of Yosef, who was another Rebbe of, of Abai, called him Admosei Otsel. How long are you going to be so lazy? Uh, Tishka, uh, you're going to sleep there. You're lazy one. You're going to sleep all day. When are you going to get up from your sleep? In other words, he called him lazy for sleeping that much during the day. Uh, today we are weaker and we need our sleep, right? But... Uh, 
Uh, Rob said you shouldn't sleep more than 60 breaths during the day. And Rob apparently never slept that even, seems it could be that he never slept that at night or during the day. If you come in to sleep during the day, if you want to take a nap during the day, if you want, you could, you could take off your tefillin. If you want, you can leave them on because you're only going to take a temporary sleep. You're not planning really to sleep. You're just going to have a cat nap. Balaila, but at night where you might sleep the whole night, where you're going to take a long sleep. Cholets, you have to take off your tefillin and bein mech, and you certainly couldn't put them on. Divi Rabnasan. That's what Rabnasan says. So it could vary with what Tosa said before was maybe that's what Rabbi Yaakov is arguing. When Rabbi Yaakov said before about taking off your tefillin when you found yourself to be Valkyrie, it's much where you could take a sleep. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're allowed to lechachila go to sleep with your tefillin on. Maybe he meant to say is that he disagrees with what Rav Nussan said over here. Rav Nussan says that during the, at night, you can't put on your tefillin, but during the day, you could. Right? So maybe he's going with Nussan. You could put your tefillin during the day. So maybe that's the issue over here. That's what Tosin on the bottom says. The Dilma, Tosin says, um, uh, You're not allowed to sleep with your tefillin on. In other it could be that Rabbi Yaakov says that at night you're allowed to put on what Rabbi says during the day you could leave your tefillin on because you're only taking a cat nap. At night, you shouldn't. And maybe Rabbi Yaakov says, no, even at night, you can leave your tefillin on if you're only planning to sleep a cat nap. And he's not worried that maybe you'll decide and you'll, and you'll sleep permanently. So maybe Rabbi Yaakov is not saying the you can go to sleep with your tefillin on and not worry. He's saying that at night, you can put your tefillin, you can go to sleep with your tefillin on if you're only planning to take a cat nap, and you're not worried that maybe you're going to fall asleep and pass gas. Rabbi Yossi uh, Omer, uh, the young people, he doesn't mean children, he means the, the bachram, the, uh, the younger light, like the young men, they should always take off their tefillin, ve'imanichan, Right, they many film. because they are they are more uh, likely to have impure thoughts. Is that what he's saying? Or Zavyosi, who we always paskin like, is that what he's saying that a Balkari shouldn't put on film? Because he's saying a young men who might have impure thoughts and have, and become Balikari, maybe he's saying you shouldn't you you can't wear tefillin because he says Rabbi says you let them let them have to take off their tefillin even when they take a cat nap. We're talking about when they're sleeping with their wives. Then because then maybe they'll come to um, uh, to become balikeri if they're sleeping with their wives. Then it's more likely, but that, not necessarily. But stam uh, men, even young men sleeping alone, don't have to take off their tefillin. Let's say a person had bia with his wife. He forgot. In those days, they wore tefillin all day, and maybe he forgot and he slept with his wife with his tefillin on. Now, when, when, he, when he realizes what he's done and he's got his filling on, he shouldn't grab neither the straps nor the boxes themselves. Until he washes his hands, because the hands, especially if he's just had beer with his wife, may have touched uh, uh, spots that are not clean, uh, unclean spots on the bodies. And therefore... He should wash his hands first and then remove the tefillin, as we said before, Rabbi Yaakov said, try to grab them off with the ritzua, not with the, not holding the boxes. So this mission is a continuation of the mission we said before. We said before, you're allowed to have a, um, a snack outside the sukkah. They brought Rabbi Yaakov Zakkai Litom as a tafshil to taste a cooked dish. 
learning Gamliel, and they brought from Gamliel Shnei Kosovo's two dates, Vidlish Almayim and a, and a, uh, uh, a pitcher of water. Ba'amru and the rabbis from Gamliel and Rabbi Yochum Zaki said to them, Helam Lusukkah, take them upstairs to the sukkah. The sukkah usually was on their flat roofs. That's how they used to make, they had flat roofs in those days, like in apartment houses, and they would take the, uh, the sukkah there, take them up to the sukkah. Ukshnasler of Tzadok, when Ergei of Tzadok, he would, he would eat pachas mi kibetza. He would eat, make sure he ate less than a kibetza. And natlu b'mapa, he took it in a cloth, right? He wouldn't touch it with his hands. But he ate outside the sukkah. He didn't make a bracha afterwards. We'll explain Rabbi Tzadok. Rabbi Tzadok held like Rabbi Yehuda that you don't have to make a bracha if you didn't satiate yourself. In other words, not a kazayas, but he had to eat a kibetza. So he made sure that he ate less than a kibetza. And he felt you didn't have to wash for that either, just to make sure that his hands weren't dirty. So he took it in a cloth, and he didn't have to eat it outside, and, and he could eat it outside the sukkah. It was less than a kibetzah. So first thing, Bar says, my solicitor, you just said before that you can eat a snack outside the sukkah. So why do you tell your story over here? They told Rebbe they brought food to Rebbe and and they said a small amount of food, and just to taste it a little bit, a little bit, and they said, take it up to the sukkah. So now you're bringing a mice sort of to disprove what you just said. You said a small, a snack you can eat outside the sukkah. And then you tell me these rabbis said, take it up to the sukkah. So it's like often happens, something is missing from the Mishnah. This is how you have to explain the Mishnah. The Mishnah means to say, you don't have to eat in the sukkah. If you eat a, a snack, you don't have to eat in the sukkah. But if you want to be machmer, if you want to be more stringent, Machmer, you can be machmer if you want. You can eat everything in the sukkah. But let's be mishmiyura. It's not considered arrogance uh, just because you say, "Oh, it's a small amount. I want to eat everything in the sukkah." That's not arrogance. That's zakili uh, van veyo. That you're you're making the mitzvah. You're you're beautifying the mitzvah by saying, "I want to have everything I eat. I want to eat in the sukkah." That's not considered arrogance. It's considered proper. Umaisanami, and here's a story. to taste something. two dates and a pitcher of water. when they said. Take it up to Helam Sukkah. Uh, that's a proof that if you want to be Machmer, you can be Machmer. They could have eaten it outside the Sukkah with no problem. They're Potter, but they wanted to be Machmer themselves. When they gave Rav Tzadok food, Ochel Pachos Mikbeitz, he ate less than a Kibetza. Not Mambi took it in a cloth, as we said, for hygiene. He made. We have a Klaam Brachos, right? The say, Also, a lot of them, you can never eat anything from this world without thanking God first. So certainly he made a bracha rishona, right? Rashi told that, told us that before. Um, Rashi says in the Mishnah, He certainly made a bracha before. He just made a bracha afterwards. He said, because he said, why? Because he had like a Yehuda, uh, that, uh, that you're not chayef to make a birkas Muslim unless you ate uh, enough to satiate yourself, which is at least a kazayas. So he ate uh, less, uh, at least a kabetza. And he ate less than a kabetza. So the Gemara says, "Wait a minute. He ate less than he ate less than a kibetza. So therefore, you say uh, he didn't make a bracha chrona, and he ate outside the sukkah. Smashma. If he would eat a kibetza, you would have to eat in the sukkah." We learned on Amar Aleph today how much is considered a uh, a snack. So he said a kibetza, right? The, for the first opinion was. Two or three beitzas, right? Two or three beitzas, and we said, "Oh, that's uh, that's what uh, that, that's Rabbi said. Two or three beitzas, and Abai says that's a full meal. No, even one beitza, okay. But he smashed over here that if he would eat a kibetza, he would have been it would have been considered a full meal. He would, and therefore he would have eaten the sukkah. But uh, but uh, uh, Rabbi says it's not a full meal unless you eat two or three, and Abai says a kibetza." 
right? But it's supposed to even the, the, the rabbis on Amon Alf say that unless you eat uh, two or three beitzes, or uh, even two or three beitzes is, temp- is, is not a meal. And Abayi says, even a beitza is not a full meal. Here, Lechora, what he was saying is that, that uh, Rav, um, who was it, Rav Tzadok, Tzmashma, that a beitza would be considered a full meal. He said he ate less than a kabeitza. But if he ate a kabeitza, that would be a regular meal, and he would have to eat it inside the sukkah. Is on those rabbis and Alf who said that a kabeitza, or even two or three kabeitzas, is not a full meal, and you could eat outside the sukkah. <clears throat> no, Dilma Pachas Mekabetza, less than a Kabetza and a Tilo Brachala boy. Well, he ate less than a Kabetza, so he shouldn't have to wash. He held a less than a Kabetza, you don't have to wash for it, you don't have to make a Bracha Achrona. Ha Kabetza boy, and a Tilo Bracha, but a Kabetza, he needed a Bracha, but he would agree that you don't need the Sukkah. The reason he ate less than a Kabetza was not because a Kabetza would have been Mechayev to eat in the Sukkah. He would hold like those other rabbis, and a Kabetza is also not considered a full meal, and you wouldn't have to eat it in sukkah. But a kibetzah, you would have to wash for and make a bracha chron, and that's what he was trying to avoid. All right, we'll pick up here from the Mishnah tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem. Have a good day, everybody. Kol Tuch. Beautiful. Thank you.